0: I'm Pastor Daniel Morris, and you're listening to Sharing the Bread of Life, a podcast by St. Timothy's Lutheran Church in Skokie, Illinois. Whether you're a first-time listener or a regular subscriber, I pray that Christ feeds you from the stories and testimony you'll hear today. We do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. May the Lord fill you with every good thing, and may you have enough left over to share.
1: A reading from Revelation. Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you t- this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come, And let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this scroll. If anyone adds anything to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in this scroll. And if anyone takes words away from this scroll of prophecy, God will take away from that person any share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this scroll. (laughs) He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God.
0: So in the reading from Revelation this morning, the lectionary sanitized the reading and cut out all of the scary pieces. So I put the scary pieces back in because we don't live in a sanitized world. Perhaps now, even less than ever. I received an eternal damnation threat in the mail the other day. I get these threats every so often from confused Christians who see themselves as faithful do-gooders. This particular piece of mail quoted a verse from Revelation. Apparently, our congregation is like one of the misguided churches at risk of eternal damnation in the final judgment. With so much at stake, I did the only reasonable or thing any reasonable person could do. I asked J.R. to send it through the paper shredder, where all hateful and fear-based propaganda goes. Such tactics have often been used to manipulate and coerce people to convert. Many interpreters treat Revelation like a magic eight ball predicting God's coming wrath. However, Revelation was not written to scare people into discipleship. Revelation was written to reassure the faithful that God was with them in a world that was against them. This book does not translate well into white, middle, and upper class culture because it was written for the oppressed. It was written for those who faced a violent death for speaking the truth and for those who would be buried in forgotten, unmarked graves. It was written for those who suffered an even worse fate by enduring shame and rejection from their family, their friends, and their neighbors. It was written for those who suffered wrong and abuse with no recourse and no hope for justice we must approach the book of revelation from this perspective anyone who reads revelation quickly feels the weight of the author's angry helplessness in the face of grave injustice often these feelings express themselves through the violent and disturbing imagery of his visions Acknowledging such a book as an authoritative spiritual writing disturbs many people, particularly at a time when hate speech and hate crimes are on the rise. We are right to be disturbed. Let's be clear that the authors of Scripture are captive to sin and prejudice, just like you and I are. However, let us also be clear that the fundamental message of revelation is the message that Christ is God's final word. It is the promise that righteousness will conquer sin, that evil will be brought to justice, and that life will swallow up death. It is the assurance that all of God's promises to us will be fulfilled, bringing joy and life beyond measure. Such a message is a spring of life-giving water bubbling up in the violent, harsh climate around us. Lately, I've been feeling the weight of the world's injustice. Perhaps you have, too. I can't begin to describe my outrage over the arrest and the deportation of student pastor Betty Rendon and her family. I cannot begin to express my grief over the raise of hate crimes and the manipulative and malevolent speech against the Jewish people and the endorsement of such language by certain Chicago area clergy. I cannot begin to express my anger over the vandalism of the Ramadan sign here in Skokie, and my sorrow over the violence that routinely plagues Chicago. In my head, I know that God sees all of these injustices and that God will act. In my heart, I am filled with doubts and questions that have no satisfactory answers. It can be tempting to believe that God turns a blind eye to evil deeds. It can be tempting to stop trusting God or even to give God credit for evil when we suffer extraordinary heartache. We need to hear the good news of the gospel more than ever when these temptations tug at our hearts. We need reassurance that God is righteous. And we need to hear God's promise that justice will be served. We need to hear the hope that this present life is not all there is. That those who are broken now will be healed. We need to know that God is more powerful than sin. More powerful than death more powerful than the destructive and elemental spirits that sweep this world. Such is the good news and the promise of revelation. Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Christ is the origin of the cosmos, and Christ is the destination. All things were created through him, and all things were created for him. He suffered the fullness of evil and injustice on the cross. However, they could not prevail against him. He transformed what was evil into blessing. He transformed a grave injustice into life for the world. Then he was raised by the power of God so that we would have access to the new Jerusalem. He clothed us in his life-giving spirit so that robed in the spirit, we could drink deeply from the water of life. All who have a reputation for doing evil will not enter this holy community All who are clothed in spirits other than God's own spirit will not draw near it. All who are irresponsible in their most intimate relationships will not threaten it. All who do violence to others, all who trust something other than God, and all who cover up the truth with lies will not be found in it. The New Jerusalem is a community of justice, a community of truth, a community of transformation, and a community of salvation. It is a community of life without fear and life without limit, a community where eternal life flows freely without restraint. The invitation to this community is less like an eternal damnation threat than it is like an invitation to a wedding feast. The bride, who is the new Jerusalem, will become one flesh with the Holy Spirit. Both speak only one word. Come. Come, you who are broken. Come. You who are sinful, come, you who long for a good word from God. Come, share in the joy of the Spirit and the bride. Come, join in the celebration of life. Receive all that God is giving you as a free gift. Be clothed in the splendid robes of the Holy Spirit. Take your place at the banquet table and drink deeply from waters unlike any you have ever known. It is important to remember that the church is not the new Jerusalem, but the new Jerusalem is present in the church. We glimpse the new Jerusalem wherever the good news of Jesus Christ shelters the vulnerable and challenges lies with truth. We glimpse the new Jerusalem wherever the good news of Jesus Christ brings about the just and the fair treatment of others. We glimpse the good news of Jesus Jesus Christ. We glimpse the new Jerusalem wherever the good news of Jesus Christ brings sinners to repentance and new life. At times, our citizenship in the new Jerusalem will put us out of step with the rest of the world. Do not be discouraged when this happens. We belong to Christ, who has set us free from the laws and the customs of this age, so that we might be governed by the spirit of the age to come. So come, you who are thirsty. Come, you who desire life. Come and drink from this sweet water which flows from the throne of God and the Lamb. We have something worth sharing. We have something the world needs. Come. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Sharing the Bread of Life. For more information on the mission and ministries of St. Timothy's Lutheran Church, please visit our website at www.sttimothyskokie.org or like us on Facebook. Check back next week for a new episode. The blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you now and always.